Welcome to the award-winning show, Holding Down the Fort, brought to you by U.S. Vet Wealth. A podcast show that focuses on sustaining a fulfilling, a purposeful military life through conversation and community building. I'm Jen Amos, a Gold Star daughter, veteran spouse, and creator of Holding Down the Fort. And I'm Jenny Lynn Stroop, a seasoned military spouse, mom of two boys, and your co-host. Together, we'll converse with special guests from the military community and for the community to share knowledge, resources, and relevant stories on how we can best hold down the fort for ourselves and our loved ones. Now let's get started. Hello, hello, everybody. Jen Amos here. I wanted to share some quick announcements before we dive into our quick catch-up call with Jerry Barnes, who was on our show back in episode 70 some time ago. You can check that out. I have it available in the show notes if you want to listen to his episode to get a refresher on who Jerry Barnes is. But just as a quick update, he is a veteran, served as an Army combat engineer, longtime Virginian resident, and author of a number of Combat Heroes books. So Jerry, it was great to have caught up with you and, you know, hear about the upcoming book or books (laughs) that you have coming out soon this year. And of course, to our listeners, you are more than welcome to learn more about him and what he's about and his available and upcoming books at his website, CombatSurvivorHeroes.com. So real quickly, before we dive into this conversation, which we like totally just dive into it. We just jump into, you know, catching up right away. But before we do, I just want to thank everyone who came out to the Mel Spouse Fest Make Dreams Reality Hampton Roads last Thursday, September 16th. This was a ton of fun. I want to thank you all, especially the people who had visited our booths and really took advantage of our selfie frame. (laughs) That was a ton of fun. And, you know, being able to see you all in person Just thank you, thank you all for being there. And also a quick shout out to Julie Shepard, the new director who we interviewed on our show, episode 107, which came out last week, right before the event took place. But just incredible event overall. Just so glad to have been there and to see Jenny Lynn in person. And like I said, see you all in person and all that good stuff. So one thing I want to share that was only really reserved for the people that we met in person is that we started to do a soft launch of a new initiative that has been inspired by the 100 plus episodes we've done on this show, as well as the work that I do with Scott, my husband, and our colleagues at US Vet Wealth. And I'll give you a hint. We are calling this the SBP. Now, when you think of SBP, you're probably thinking about the Survivor Benefit Plan. But this new initiative actually is an acronym for something else. And as long as you are subscribed to our newsletter, you're following us on social media, or you just continue to follow the show, you will know what this new initiative is and what SBP really stands for, um, at least in regards to, you know, our show and what we're doing here and what our company is doing at US Vet Wealth. So really exciting stuff ahead. All that being said, thank you. Thank you again. It was so great to meet you all in person at the Mill Spouse Fest at Hampton Roads last week. And that's it. Without further ado, I hope that you all enjoyed today's conversation once again with Jerry Barnes. You know, you may have noticed that Jenny Lynn and I weren't really talking because Jerry is just such a great storyteller. And I think that you all are going to enjoy today's conversation as much as we enjoyed listening. All right. And with that said, enjoy. Enjoy. 
Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the award-winning podcast show, Holding Down the Fort Podcast. I'm Jen Amos, your creator and co-host. And of course, as always, I have my co-host, Jenny Lynch Troop with me, active duty military spouse for 12 plus years, mom of two boys, mental health advocate. Without further ado, Jerry Barnes, who has been on our show in the past, once again, joining us here at a very interesting time right now. (laughs) But Jerry, welcome back to Holding Down the Fort. Thank you, Jen. It's good to be with you. And busier than we can be, we sent the manuscript for book two to the publisher about three weeks ago. Mm. And it's a fairly long manuscript. The book is going to be over 200 pages, which is mm. part of that's because I'm long-winded in my writing. And the other thing <laughs> is I could have written a little more briefly, but some of the experiences of the veterans that I'm writing stories about have a great deal of, oh, what shall I say, explanation that's necessary to make yeah. it compatible for the listening audience. You don't want to delve into lore and that kind of stuff, but you've got to at least embellish it to the extent so people can understand the danger of the situation. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. And then the publisher has come back and she, even the publisher, she says, Jerry, she says, some of this is just too graphic. Mm. Can you brighten it up a little bit? And I told her that I would. Mm. So, uh, of course, I write the books on the premise of the last four words of the oath of enlistment, which are, so help me God. And I tell all the veterans this every time I get their stories. And about a fourth of them will mention something that happened in the middle of their service, in combat, in battle, or afterwards, that was really interesting, if not divine, in how they were rescued or or uh, coped with difficult situations. And yeah. so... The publisher has asked me to lighten up the core and focus a bit more on that. And I promised her I would do that. And so it looks like the book is not going to be published now. I thought it was going to be published in October. It looks like, she says, once you can do that, she's out going to publish. And mm. so that's kind of what uh, She's come back in typical editor form and told me to make some changes and some additions and supplements to the manuscript. So that's what we're in the process of doing. And so... In the middle of that conversation, she looked at me and she says, aren't you writing some other things? And I said, yes. And so she said, well, what are they? I said, well, my wife and I have written uh, practical Bible lessons and taught those classes for over 40 years. And I said, they're written from the perspective of an engineer, combat engineers. When you're facing difficult situations, how do you deal with them? So you don't endanger your life or the endanger life of other people. Or how do you solve difficult problems, really hard problems? And so, so an engineer always looks at it from a practical perspective. So I've written all those lessons. And the publisher, totally into my shock, she mm-hmm. says, I'd be interested in publishing those. Wow. I said, are you serious? And she mentioned the word. She says, yeah, I see probably four or five books of those. That's said, are you serious? She said, yes. So, Jen, I was on a roll, but I hadn't expected. I says, well, I've also written about a hundred stories of things that happened all throughout my career and Mm -hmm. my life, that they're not combat related, but they are related to just practical things that happen in life. And so I wrote a story about my dad buying a horse mule one time years ago and named Frank. And I talked about how worthless Frank was and everything we did to try to get Frank to work. 
finally concluded that Frank, all he wanted to do was eat grass and run around in the field. He didn't want to work. He didn't want to run. He didn't want to be worked. He didn't want to be ridden. Nothing. And so anyway, I told her that I had a bunch of those stories. And she says, well, Jerry, I'm not sure I wouldn't be interested in publishing those too. So this story, Jen, that she's going to publish my book of combat stories, and she'll publish the next volume. Wow. So the fact that I was dealing with a publisher who's going to publish one more book, perhaps two, and she's going to, because I've gotten so many, and I'm going to tell you some really neat things that have happened. But then out of the clear blue, she showed interest in publishing everything else I've written. So here and I, here's Seth Barney and I, 75 years old, no financial problems at all as you and your husband know, and now just potentially as busy as we want to be for the rest of our life. Mm. So we don't play golf. We do enjoy trips once in a while, but we can see productive things to do with our lives for the rest of our life. And I guess that job satisfaction is the way that you have success in life and, of course, relationship satisfaction. Yeah. So in my case, in your case, in your husband's case, you deal with helping people solve financial problems. And I'm writing to help veterans cope with recovery from combat. And I enjoy a great deal of satisfaction from doing that and listening yeah. to the so a neat thing that happened. And then you can ask me some questions. Clara and I had a great day. We were went to what is called Lake Fest in Clarksville, Virginia, where about 40,000 people walked by your, your uh, little, little pop-up tent mm-hmm. and and, and a bunch of other tents, like probably a hundred. And so we sat there in the hot sun and we were selling books here and there. And I picked up four veteran stories and then contacts of getting back to them. And then right at the end of the day, and this was such the neatest thing, at the end of the day, a man walked up to him and he says, I didn't mean to come over here. He bought my book and he gave me a $20 bill. I sell my books for 10 bucks. And he says, oh, keep the change. Mm. And I said, well, thank you. Because I said, I tell everybody, I give away all the money. He said, well, give it away. Mm. And had this, Jen, and this was just, this blew me away. He says, well, um, you may be interested in knowing that I'm a contractor for Tunnel to Towers. Mm. Tunnel to Towers builds homes for disabled veterans that have been dramatically affected, lost limbs. Tunnel to Towers build homes for disabled people to make them friendly. So if a man or a woman loses an arm or a leg, they build sinks that can be raised up or down, or ovens that can be raised up or down, uh, that kind of stuff, so they can still enjoy the benefit of just the home life and cooking and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, and I told him, I says, well, I'll bet if I was a guessing person that you probably have contacts with a number of those folks. He says, I reckon I do. <laughs> wow. And so, Jen, here I am sitting at 75. I can see enough meaningful work, enjoyable work, writing those stories and these other practical stories and the Bible lessons for the rest of our life. And so when you found financial satisfaction and job satisfaction, what more could a human being want? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where I'm at, hon. Well, thank you, Jerry. I was just kind of sitting and listening to you, by the way. I'm just like, oh, it's Jerry. (laughs) I'm sure Jenny Lynn feels the same way. And I want to check in with Jenny Lynn here in a second as well. But to me, it sounds like when you're really grateful for the blessings in your life, you give. And the way that you're giving is by sharing these stories of combat veterans. And so I just, I applaud you. And it's why I feel like I gravitate toward you and, and wanted to bring you back on the show because of just 
the work that you do and just, you know, even your own general satisfaction for life. But I want to hand it over to Jenny Lynn here for a second. Jenny Lynn, welcome back to the show. And as a fellow Virginian here, share us your thoughts. How is it like for you to have Jerry back on the show? Oh, man, I too could listen to him all day. And I just find so much heart in the things that he shares and the way that he lives in the world. And I think that gives me a lot of hope. And I'm grateful to be here listening to him catch up with us. It's very fun. Well, yeah. Thank you, hon. My wife tells me sometimes I talk too much, but (laughs) my mother talked in stories. She almost never talked in words or sentences. She talked in stories. And so that rubbed off on me. And so I just always talked in stories. I was trained to be an engineer in college. I wanted to design roads and bridges. And so you can see when soon as the Army saw me, they wanted to make me a combat engineer. Well, I love to go into that training. But about six months after I went to my first assignment with the Corps of Engineers, the colonel brought me into the front office and he says, Jerry, our public affairs officer has left and I want you to fill in for him till I can hire somebody else. So, well, when you're a second lieutenant, you just salute and say, yes, sir, which is exactly what I did. Well, I stayed there for six years. He never hired anybody else. And so I became a media officer. I dealt with the news media. I dealt with TV. I got interviewed a bunch of times. And this name will ring a bell, I know, for Jen. Bruce Rader used to work for uh, NBC Channel 10 in uh, Portsmouth or, or Virginia Beach. I don't remember where. And Bruce Rader and I became great friends. And Bruce would call me sometimes just before the nightly news about 5 o'clock. And in Bruce fashion, because he was running late and running, doing everything, he called me and he says, Jerry, I'm on my way. I need 20 seconds for the nightly news. I said, Bruce, there is one problem. What is that? What do you want me to talk about? He said, something the Corps is doing. I just need 20 seconds, and I'll be there in 15 minutes. So I had (laughs) that relationship with virtually everybody in the media. So that's how I transitioned from being an engineer. I never designed anything. I never was on a construction site. I just dealt, well, I was on construction sites, but I never managed any construction projects. I always was involved in listening to people, talking to people, solving interpersonal problems. And I did that for 40 years. So you can't do that for 40 years and not pick up all sorts of things to write about. Just Oh, absolutely. All sorts of things and people and interesting stuff that's happened to me. And so yeah, those were the stories that the publisher also got interested in. Mm-hmm. For sure. Again, just kind of thinking about hearing you talk and share your story just makes me hopeful for even my own future. Like I hope to continue to be as lively and inspired as you to be able to continue to create stuff for the community, for the world, essentially. And these books are a prime example, you know, of that. So you mentioned that you have this upcoming book coming out. Would you like to share one story? You don't have to, you know, give away the spoilers or anything. Like last time we talked, you were really good at giving teasers (laughs) for your book. But is there one story you want to share today that would entice people to, let's say, pre-order that upcoming book of yours? Yes. My wife, who is also my love of my life, been married 54 years, and she's also my chief critic and editor and tells me when I'm talking too much. Which I <laughs> And she's like right there next to you listening. <laughs> she grabbed my arms three times during this conversation. I'm trying to keep in mind. <laughs> 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 no. 
So, Jen, <laughs> of all things, the book has 30 stories. Mm-hmm. Laura has now convinced me that she doesn't like the lead story and she wants me to write a better lead story. And here's the story she wants me to write. I have a great, great friend, retired Air Force Colonel, who flew the B-1B bomber. Well, that massive thing can carry thousands of pounds of bombs, and it's flown by a computer and a crew of four. But he told me a story that I'm going to write to lead in the next book. So this will be the lead story for the next book. They were taking off from McConnell Air Force Base in, I believe, Kansas or Nebraska. I don't remember. And he mm-hmm. said, Jerry, we had taxied to the end of the runway, 11,000-foot runway, getting ready to take off. Got permission, taxi to take off, permission to take off. He said, so Jerry, when I gave it the gas, he says, we were going down the runway at about 300 miles an hour, picking up speed. He says, and a flock of less or least turns, birds, large birds, strolled onto the runway. Must have been at least 100 of them. He said, so as mm-hmm. I immediately pulled the plane up, but not in time enough. He says, and a bunch of those birds struck the plane and they were brought into the left two engines of the plane. The plane has four engines. And he says, I heard the commotion, but I didn't realize how much damage they did. He said, we kept elevating, elevating. He says, I was carrying 18,000 pounds of fuel. And he says, and I noticed it wasn't any time before the engine monitor came on that there was a problem with the number one and number two, number one and number three engines. And he says, one of the officers on the crew in the back says, sir, Two of the engines are on fire. Mm. I says, what? He says, yeah. He says, well, cut off the fuel. He says, I'm desperately trying to cut the fuel off. He says, so here we are sitting on 18,000 pounds of fuel, and I'm trying to cut the fuel off so I can cut off the source of the fire, wondering what I'm going to do next. Yeah. He said, I knew the plane is designed to fly on one engine. He said, but it has four because it carries a heavy load. We had a heavy load. Mm -hmm. He says, I immediately throttled back the thrust. I knew it would take much longer to elevate the plane, bring it up in the air. And I contacted the the, uh, field and asked them for permission to tack to uh, circle and to land again because I had two engines on fire. And the thing that happened next shocked me because my home base at McConnell came back on the mic and said, permission denied. Mm -hmm. We don't have enough fire suppression capability to handle you at the moment and there's too much traffic in the area you'll have to go somewhere else oh my goodness and that's the lead to the story wow next is what happened next and i will give you a tease they frantically called airports and everybody they called told them permission denied permission denied permission denied he said because they were concerned about all the fuel we were carrying and uh we knew we could dump the fuel, but then the dilemma becomes you can't dump it all because you don't know how much you're going to be up in the air. Yeah. Mm. So that's going to be the lead story for the book. What happened? That's a good lead, Jerry. Good choice. I mean, as soon as you said birds, a couple of thoughts ran through my head. One, my family are not bird people. And I thought, of course it was the birds. It's always the birds. We also are really good friends with a former naval pilot who was in charge of things out in Naval Station North Island 
And part of that whole thing is that that base is like sitting on wetlands and things. And so all of the animals and birds that are part of that area are protected. (laughs) You also have multiple planes flying multiple flight ops every day. And as soon as you said birds, I was like, oh my God, I know where this is going. And I could just hear my friend in my head going, I hate the birds. Like it's always the birds. Yeah, a bird, you know, maybe one you can handle, but two or three giant birds that get thrown into the engine, jet engine of a plane. Of course, it's not good for the birds, but if enough critical body mass of those birds is thrown in, it's not good for the engine either. Absolutely. And so, wow, I can tease you with that and I can, I'll tell you there's, Another potential story, but it'll be in book, the next book I write after this from the same fellow. And I, you can record this too if you want to. He says we were on a routine mission flying from mm-hmm. Florida to Panama, training mission. He says, now, Jerry, the amazing thing, the amazing thing is that we're flying over the Gulf of Mexico. You would think it'd be so hot you wouldn't have this problem. He says, but the navigator came on and says, uh, Captain, he says, there's reports of ice in the atmosphere. We got to be alert to that. He says, and Jerry, how are you alert to ice? He said, we ran into pockets of ice over the Gulf of Mexico and we lost an engine. But he says, we were already at 10,000 feet and we lost an engine 12,000 feet. So this story goes, they lose one engine, they lose a second engine from mm. ice. And I'm not talking about one event with ice. I'm talking about three or four events with ice over the Gulf of Mexico. So as I write the story and develop the story, I can obviously create the tension that they felt. Because every time you lose an engine, you need more runway because you the, the key to stopping a jet is the reverse thrust that you put the engine to to slow down the speed of the aircraft before it lands. So every time you lose an engine, you've lost one engine that can give you additional braking power to stop this thing. And so you can imagine where that story goes. And so that's another story that I'm going to end up writing for the next book. Well, Jerry, I just want to thank you for being part of the Holding Down the Fort community and continuing to captivate us with the incredible stories that you have already shared and continue to share. I'm just really excited for you and for what's to come and even that, you know, the other book that the publisher wants to work on with you. And I feel like every time you you talk, I get speechless. I'm like, how do I respond after that? You know, <laughs> but I'm just so glad. I'm so glad and captivated. Other than that, is there anything else? Because I definitely want you guys to go on your merry way and go back on the road. Yeah. But um, is there anything else you'd like to share? I got one more little nugget I can give you. It came out of the clear blue and totally shocked me. And Jen, I mean, I'm no superhuman anything like that. Just a normal guy from Virginia. But I was contacted <laughs> by a friend of mine in Cincinnati and said, Jerry, I've got mm-hmm. something I want to ask you. I said, what is that? He says, the Cincinnati Reds <laughs> recognized a veteran at many of their baseball games. He says, one veteran. And I want to put your name in front of them for recognition. So, wow. oh my goodness. I says, just one person? Yes. And so three weeks ago at a Cincinnati Reds New York Mets game, Jerry Barnes in his red shirt stood up in front of 23,000 people. And I was recognized for my service for the Corps of Engineers 
both as a veteran and as a civilian. And right at the end, they said, and Jerry's also is a published author of 60 combat stories and he's still writing. And so mm-hmm. I, send me the clip of that. If you want me to, I'll send it to you. Yeah, please. And if you want to put it on your, your tickler for other things, that'll just give me a little more juice, you know, with your listeners about what I'm involved in. And if they want to call me with a story or just want to get in touch with me, but I'll send it. Yes, sir. And you'll look at it and you'll see, you know, Jen, I don't get intimidated. I guess I just, maybe I'm too simple minded or something. I just, things don't intimidate me, but I do get overwhelmed sometimes. Mm. That was overwhelming to know that mm. 20,000 people are looking at me. It's a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> a little bit. Overwhelming. Yeah. I think that that'd be overwhelming for anyone to have 20,000 people looking at you, yeah. but maybe that's the engineer in you, you know, it's to not be intimidated, um, you know, it doesn't, but I do get a little bit overwhelmed at time. And I guess the part is, what in the world, am I going to scratch my ear when I shouldn't? Or uh, <laughs> am I going to, my wife will yell at me or something. So yeah, I do start. I wonder, but that's, the, that's the overwhelming part. You got to sit, yeah. try to be what you're not. And that's near perfect for the media. And I can't do that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, Jerry, I just want to thank you for taking a minute out of your drive right now to check in with us and catch up with us. I love listening to a story so I can (laughs) sit here all day. And I, I will say, I think your humility in being recognized is something to be emulated. And I think it's very sweet. Well, thank you, Diane. I hope you're not just uh, saying that to humor an old man, but I really, and, and as I said, I don't get intimidated, but I do get overwhelmed at times. And that was one of the yeah. experiences that kind of overwhelmed me. So, uh, yeah, for sure. Great to talk to you too. And I'll send you the clip on. Yeah, absolutely. Other than that, Jerry, it's, well, first of all, thank you for helping my husband and I in reading our blue book. We talked about that extensively yeah. on another conversation. And just thank you for being a part of our community. And thank you for what you're doing for the community. And uh, I just hope that you guys have a wonderful rest of the week. But I know that you guys got to hit the road. So <laughs> thank you so much. And look forward to visiting sometime down the road. Take care. All right. Bye, Jerry. Bye we hope that you enjoyed today's conversation. Get access to our show notes and subscribe to our newsletter by checking out the details of this episode on your preferred podcasting platform or visit our website, holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. And while you're on holdingdownthefortpodcast.com, be sure to follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or our YouTube channel. If you got a lot of value from today's conversation, kindly leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or leave us a recommendation on our LinkedIn profiles. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time.